1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this
2: is going to go the distance.
1: Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the show. we got six games to tell you about today. We're going out to Germany. We're not actually going there, but we're previewing that game. Seattle and Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Washington, a rematch. Detroit at Chicago, Dallas at Green Bay, Uh, Arizona at the Rams. Going to get a starting quarterback in that game, Houston at the Giants. And, of course, we'll recap the thrilling game from last night, Carolina 22, Atlanta 15. First, though, happy Veterans Day. Shout out to the veterans. We love you. We appreciate you, everything you've done. Thank you for your service, and uh, you deserve more than one day. But today is your day. Happy Veterans Day. And... Uh, happy Friday, Dave and Jamie. What's up, guys?
3: What's up, Adam? Special happy shout out, out to to brand new Marine Tyler Woods, who's hanging out. I think he's in North Carolina right now. He's a friend of the family. Oh. And uh, certainly remembering past veterans in my family, including my grandfather, Jerome Richard, who served in World War II.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah.
3: About that. Cool, man.
0: Uh, Dave, uh, Jamie, you good? Feeling good? Yeah, man. Yeah. You good? I'm good. Yeah, I. Uh, whew, what a game! Carolina twenty-two, Atlanta fifteen. You stay awake. You know, I was very tired yesterday, um, but I did stay awake. I do FFT and five right after the game with Chris. Um, he was really mad about Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, he goes to so always everybody. For Pitts. He goes to bat for Pitts every week, and it's like Pitts could be having these big games, and Mariota just can't fight him, and Arthur Smith didn't exactly say no to Desmond Ritter starting next week. He just deflected on the question. He did not say Marcus Mariota is starting next week, so we'll keep an eye on that. But all right, before we get to that, who would you guys rather have rest of season? uh, Deontay Foreman, another huge game for him. Now three 100-yard games. He had 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown after a terrible game last week. Deontay Foreman or Cordero Patterson?
2: I would go with Foreman. Uh, The the Falcons seem pretty intent on, pretty content with uh, splitting up the touches, and it's rather frustrating. So, I think Foreman, while he will lose some to uh, potentially both Blackshear and uh, Hubbard, he's he's their guy. So as long as he's their guy, he's going to get more touches than than Patterson. I
3: agree. The only case you can make for Patterson is that the schedule moving up for him is pretty good. He's got the Bears next week. Commanders after that, uh, Arizona in week 17, fantasy championships on the line. Uh, I would expect that they do try and thin out what they've got at running back in Atlanta. But until that happens, I don't think you can expect 15 touches from Cordero Patterson. So the Panthers are riding with Foreman. I agree.
0: It's not really that great of a schedule, though, either. I mean, it's Starting to nitpick here, but there's also a buy in there. There's Baltimore. They in both there. do. They both have a buy. They both have a buy. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So that was encouraging for Foreman. I guess follow up on this is just based on last week going so poorly, it was 35, <laughs> nothing, but they're not a good team, right? They're a three win team. You try to sell Deontay Foreman or, or, or better. How much faith do you have in him? How much confidence do you have in him? Is he a must-start? Has he entered must start territory? Deontay Foreman, Dave, you can start.
3: I'll say that he has entered must start territory because how many running backs are out there? who have a shot at getting 15 touches per game, even when it's a you know a competitive game or maybe even when they're down 10 points, something like that in the second half, I still think Foreman's going to get some work. I think they like what he gives them. Obviously, they do. It's, it's when they get their doors blown off, which is what happened against Cincinnati, where they go, well, can't run the ball anymore. We're down five touchdowns. It's halftime. That's when you know that Deontay Foreman's not going to be any good. How many matchups do they have left where that's definitely going to be the case? I'll just look at their next three. At Baltimore, it's going to be really tough, but I don't think they're going to get their doors blown off by halftime. Denver, after that, I don't think they're going to get their doors blown off. Then a bye, and then at Seattle, that's probably going to be like the Pete Carroll ideal football game in the history of, of Pete Carroll ideal football games, because both teams will run it a ton. I'm good with Foreman. If, if you can sell real high on him, sure, but you'll do that with anybody.
0: I just realized I sent a group text this morning to Dave, Jamie, and our producer, Zach, and I put my brother, Dave, on it and not Dave Richards, so... Yeah. Uh, oops. <laughs> uh, all right, Jamie, for the foul, uh, for the pass catchers in this game, Drake London, five catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Kyle Pitts, two catches for 28 yards. He now has uh, five, six, ga- six games with fewer than five PPR fantasy points. However... Uh, we are seeing two games in a row missed opportunities getting open, having chances. So we've got Pitts, we've got DJ Moore who had a bad game. We've got Drake London. Um, do, you, do you trust any pass catcher on either team?
2: No. Um, Moore will still be somebody that you should consider using in three receiver leagues, but it's you know the the two game sample size is not enough at this point, I think to say he's solved after what we saw in the first two starts with pj walker i mean you know in the games where they're probably chasing points so next week against baltimore yes they're probably chasing points um you feel a little bit better about him but two receiver leagues there's no way you can comfortably start dj Moore at this point uh london great that he scored um congratulations for him (laughs) and kyle pitts you know it just depends on what your tight end situation is at this point but again you know same similar similar situation you know if 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 you're winning in spite of him, I would look for an upgrade for the fantasy playoffs. If you're losing with his poor play, you've been making a mistake by clearly starting him all this time.
0: Okay, anything else on this game, guys? I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, Terrace Marshall had a 41,
3: 43-yard catch. That was cool. Uh, That led the Panthers in receiving. Don't forget about LaVisca Chenault's touchdown.
2: Run, run, yeah. Yeah, I guess the one thing, if you want to look for some semblance of hope for DJ Moore, is that to go to sort of piggyback on what Dave was talking about with Foreman, if they are chasing points not in terrible weather, you know, maybe that helps.
0: And Mariota, by the way, has scored uh, 17 or more fantasy points in seven of 10 games, and he's had three like really bad games, and he scored 20 or more fantasy points the following week, all three times. So, you know, he had a, a three point nine point game. He scored 20. He had a seven point six point point game. He scored 20 the next week. Uh, maybe I'm missing one. But anyway, he's he's actually been pretty solid, but he may not be the starting quarterback next week. There's a chance right. that doesn't happen.
3: All right. Anyway, let's get we're going to gonna find out if Desmond stuff. Ritter's ready, because if they go if they don't go to him now, that's the signal of the Falcons telling us that he's not ready to play
0: we got a lot of great content for you this weekend. Great ways to get your fantasy lineup set and win some leagues, win some weeks. You can ask us on Twitter some questions with the hashtag AskFFT. Watch out for some Twitter threads. I'm at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Dave is at Dave Richard. Jamie is at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y. Um, at Heath Cummings, S-R. At C-Towers, CBS. That's all I'm going to give out right now. You can follow us all on Twitter. Why do you hate Frank? At Roto Frank. It might be like there might be an underscore in there, but it's. I an, believe there is. Roto why underscore do you hate Frank Jacob Gibbs? At J A Gibbs twenty three, and Did you mention why do you Dan, hate Schneier, Dan Schneier,
3: Dan Schneider NFL. What wow. about our amazing editor R J White? <laughs> I don't know his Twitter handle. Anyway, you can you follow us on Twitter. You don't even know our manager's Twitter handle. Uh,
2: do you? He's not his manager, so he doesn't have. That's enough. true.
0: He's not my manager. Uh, of course, well, I know it. All right. Google, Google, Google. R J White one. Okay, let me get through this here. Um, we've got a mailbag for you. You know that. We've got HQ Sunday morning at 9 a.m. this week, I assume.
2: 9 a.m. this week. Munich time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 9 a.m. Eastern. Check it out. CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app. You can watch it on your smart TV, your Roku, whatever. And we've got a, a YouTube live stream, YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. You can watch all of our shows on YouTube, by the way, all of our podcasts. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. We'll see you at 11.30 11, 11, 30 a.m. Eastern. On Sunday morning, see you there. Okay, one of the big storylines for this week's games is what to do if the starting quarterback doesn't play. So when you look at Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford, and it seems like, just based on practicing, Kyler Murray has the best chance to play right now because Allen and Stafford are not practicing. Let's talk about Diggs, Hopkins, and Cup, three of the best wide receivers in fantasy football. If their quarterbacks do not play, where would you rank Diggs, Hopkins, and Cup, Dave?
3: They will all remain top 15 fantasy receivers in full PPR because I think they will all still get a lot of targets. They just won't be the same types of targets, certainly not as many targets of 16 plus air yards, something like that. Uh, I, I said on HQ yesterday to Jamie, You remember that game that Cooper Cup had where he had 19 targets and 14 catches and didn't even average 10 yards per catch? That's what I think you'll get out of Cooper Cup this week, which is still amazing in PPR, and, of course, you'll take that in non-PPR. I think you'll see lesser versions of that from Diggs and Hopkins. At least in the case of Diggs, he's playing with a quarterback that he's familiar with. The quarterback knows what he can do. They've hooked up for some touchdowns along the way. I, I think you could be fairly encouraged by Diggs. I just wouldn't expect 130 yards and two touchdowns. I think you can feel okay about Hopkins. I wouldn't expect nine catches for 120 yards. You're still going to start them. They're still going to be good. They won't be great.
0: The, the guy I look at in your rankings, Dave, you're a little lower on him, but Jamie has Christian Kirk 12th. You have him 16th. Heath has him 13th. And I wonder would you drop any of those three guys with a backup quarterback, Cup, Diggs, Hopkins behind Christian Kirk?
2: Hopkins if there's no Kyler. The other two no.
3: I'd consider it with Hopkins and in non-PPR I'd consider it with all three.
2: Okay. Um
0: Okay, like Juju or those guys?
2: Man, Juju I would start old. Juju over Hopkins in PPR.
0: If Makaihler are out,
2: yep, yeah. All
0: right, so uh, so when we go through these games, I don't want to really like rehash this. So just that's your and the other guy, like the Gabe Davis is the um, Rondell Moore, I guess, would be kind of interesting. I don't think we're starting Allen Robinson, but Gabe Davis, I and Rondell not. Moore, sig- significant drop in the rankings. Yeah, I, I for don't,
2: them? I don't know how much we. It's
0: Kyler's playing. Okay. Okay then. So Gabe Davis then. Uh, I know we did this yesterday, but just to put a bow on it, because Josh Allen once again did not practice and we didn't know that when we recorded yesterday. Uh where will Gabe Davis be if Allen's out?
2: Low 183rd. Low, <laughs> low end number three receiver. All right.
3: Okay, we're gonna take a quick break.
0: That's gotta-
2: fantastic. I mean, they're beat up in their secondary. So hopefully Case Keenum can get him going if you're stuck.
3: Could he have an Orchard Park miracle to Gabe Davis? <laughs> It's possible, but that's like you're starting them with low expectations if you're starting them at all.
0: Okay, so uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll go through the injuries. We'll go through the beat the waiver wire players for you. We will go through one question for each game and we'll get into it. We'll be right back on Fantasy
1: Football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Your news and notes. So just to recap, Josh Allen missed practice. Matthew Stafford missed practice. Kyler Murray did practice on Thursday. Ryan Tannehill also practiced on in full. So we are expecting Ryan Tannehill to play against Denver. Don't start
3: him. So all Denver. the quarterbacks, the, all the stud quarterbacks. Exactly. Good injury updates.
0: Uh, running back news. Jonathan Taylor practiced in full. You guys expect him to go, right? Yes.
2: No, practicing in full is a terrible sign.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just double checking. And the Raiders linebacking core, talking about this on FFT and five divine Diablo is on IR. Blake Martinez played 90% of the snap, 90 plus percent of the snaps last week. He retired this week. Uh, that's kind of just funny to say. I hope everything's okay with him. I'm not sure why he retired.
2: Can you imagine being a Raiders beat ready right yesterday and just <laughs> the, the news you got hit with?
0: <laughs> oh, I know we'll get to that in a second. And uh, Denzel Perryman's beat up. But it looks like he's probably going to play. So it's great matchup for Taylor. Ezekiel Elliott is questionable. We're going to preview that game pretty soon. We're not sure if he's going to play. Aaron Jones was limited. Same game. We don't know what the running back situation is going to be in Dallas, Green Bay, but Jones has been practicing each of the last two days in a limited fashion. Derrick Henry has not been practicing. Are we concerned about this?
2: he well, the same thing he- the last couple of weeks, so I would say no, but obviously if he does not practice Friday, you should be a little bit alarmed, but it sounds like it's just been more rest. At, at this point, They just have to put him in bubble wrap until game day.
3: They didn't list an actual injury on the injury report. They just said resting player. Okay. Uh, J.D. McKissick missed practice.
0: Kyron Williams could play this week. He's 35% rostered. Wide receiver news. We know that Kenny Galladay and Traylon Burks look— well, we don't know about Burks, but they look like they're coming back this week. Brandon Cook's practice, so he's going to play. Nico Collins was limited— they might have their full arsenal against the Giants in, for Houston. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams practice. We're not expecting them. Jahan Dotson practiced. Miko Hardman has mispracticed now two days in a row with an abdomen injury. Jamie, if Miko Hardman does not play, what does that mean for the rest of the wide receivers for Kansas City?
2: It means that there's opportunity for either MBS or potentially Kadarius Toney because he kind of fits that mold a little bit more so than MVS does. And so... This would be the time to 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 see what he can offer to this offense more so than just you know the handful of plays that he had in week nine. But you can't start anybody with any semblance of confidence. It's more, oh my gosh, my team is in dire need of someone, and I picked up Kadarius Tony. Let me see what happens if there is no Hardman. But Friday's practice will kind of tell you where they're at.
0: And Dave, if we look at tight end news, David Ajoku missed practice, but. Let's, let's go tight end slash wide receiver here and talk about the Raiders. So Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are on IR. And when you yep. step back and look at it, they've gotten nothing from Waller lately, obviously, and they've gotten very little from Renfro. So, you know, people asking about Morrow and, uh, and Mac Hollins. And do you recommend adding those guys?
3: Bi-week replacement types. And in the case of Hollins, you can stash them and see what develops. In the last three games, there hasn't been any Waller for those games. Do you know who's second on the Raiders in target share?
0: Target share? Well, targets... It's not... It could Mac be targets too, not, obviously.
3: It's it's Morrow. It is. Yeah. So, I, I, I can't help but suggest him as like a bi-week tight end. And, you know, people have been getting by with a different tight end for Waller for a while now. So, this isn't some sort of shock. It just sucks that he's not going to be good to go. If you're in a... I, I don't know how deep the league has to be. I'm I'm in a 14 team league. I'm not picking him up, but Keelan Cole is probably going to replace Hunter Renfro on the slot.
2: So he'll get those five fantasy points that Hunter Renfro. Well they they, they indicated that Adams is going to play more in the slot. Um okay.
3: The, so then Cole could play on the outside. Uh, the, this just it shapes up for Adams to be 10 targets a game.
2: So the, the Matt Collins played two games already this season without Hunter Renfro. One was against Tennessee, one was against Denver. So very wide range of spectrum of of matchups. Mm-hmm. Against the Titans, week three had 11 targets, eight catches, 158 yards, and a touchdown. Against the Broncos, which we know they locked down outside receivers, three catches, 33 yards, and five targets. So 16 targets over two games, 11 catches, 180 plus yards, and a touchdown. So take that for what it's worth. This is not the easiest of matchups, but if you look at who the Colts have played, they haven't exactly played world beaters from a passing game standpoint. I think Holland is 100% worth picking up. I think it's worth looking at him as a number three receiver this week if you're stuck. And he may come out of this as the biggest winner because I think just in terms of upside, if he's now the the number one outside guy, if Adams is now in the slot, Derek Carr still going to look for him, and hopefully we're still, we're looking at maybe six to seven targets per game.
0: His matchup this week is is not good against the Colts. There, I don't think there's been a single number two wide receiver that's had a good game against the Colts. I mean, I'm mean, i looking now, but if you go, go back and time. look who they
2: have played, I'm I'm agreeing with you. It's not a good matchup. You shouldn't you shouldn't be starting him. But they played Jacksonville twice. And Kirk had one good game, one bad game. Mm-hmm. They played the Texans twice already? Or just once? They
3: played the once. Texans once. They've played the Titans twice.
2: Yes. Oh, the Titans twice. So there, there's that passing game. You know, so it's not like they face a lot of great passing. No. Options right the now. best
0: number two receivers they faced were Jerry Judy, 53 yards, and Curtis Samuel, 50 yards. And those guys are slot guys. Hollins isn't. But for what it's worth, I don't think there's been a number two receiver that's had more than 53 yards against the Colts this year.
2: And no. his schedule not easy. After this, they get Denver, then they get Seattle, then the Chargers. So it's not like he's going to have you know favorable matchups the rest of the way. But still, it's it's, it's worth your interest if you yeah. if you've been cycling through some of these guys. Like I put him in the same range at this point: Darius Slayton, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I would have said Terrace Marshall before the game, so you know you don't want to play the outcome there. But those type of guys that you've sort of been seeing what happens. There's an opportunity now for him. The rest is the end of season schedule. Depending on how long he's out, is is very favorable.
0: Okay, offensive line and defensive news. The Cardinals' offensive line is is such a mess right now. Very, very injured. Keep that in mind, They're, and that's a bad thing for the run game against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, defensively, we saw Jason Verrett for the Niners. He hadn't played yet, but he was working his way back, and he tore his Achilles. And oh, it was yeah. very sad for them. Um, I didn't see an update on Jeffrey Simmons or Bud Dupree, but the uh,
3: I don't know. We're that defense wa- is beat up bad. Yeah. Titans defense is beat up bad. And if those guys are out, then Broncos run game could look really, really good this week. We
0: still don't know about T.J. Watt, but I know he's optimistic about playing. It's Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds practice again for the Bills. Kyrie Illum, cornerback, he missed practice, but uh, Dane Jackson was was back, uh, yeah, Dane Jackson and Matt Milano were making progress. So yeah, that those are the big ones. Oh, Arizona safety Buda Baker and cornerback Byron Murphy. They missed practice on Thursday. Those are huge. Those are,
3: those are their two best defensive backs.
0: Yeah, we gotta pay attention to that uh for their game against uh John Wolford and the Rams.
3: Oh never mind.
0: Yeah. Let's beat the waiver wire here. And um all right. Not so much looking at next week. I mean, I was going to recommend Daniel Jones, but he's actually rostered in about eighty percent of leagues. because people are, I think that means people are buying into him against the Texans.
2: Uh, But his projections on our side are very high.
0: Yeah, he's at the Lions next week. I guess you could look at Giants wide receivers against the Lions next week. Uh, But how do you guys feel?
2: Kenny Galladay revenge game. That's why he's getting healthy.
0: Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) how do you guys feel about Kyron Williams? Uh, how do you feel about Odell Beckham? We still have Jalen Warren out there. We still have Latavius Murray out there. How do you feel about those guys?
3: Uh, so first of all, what's the roster ship on Slayton? Good question. Uh, is... You look that up. I read a story. You know, Jordan is... How much is it? I'm 57 sorry. and Wondale Okay, is 46. So he's still out there. I'd rather have him than Matt Collins, just as an example. Uh, Jordan. Rodriguez does a great job covering the Rams. She had a, like a 10 question post on the athletic and one of her very first posts was that Kyron Williams is expected to have a meaningful role. uh, That's my word, not hers when he is activated. So I'm glad you brought him up. I, you know, I don't know if there's a Rams running back that I feel great about, but he's in that stash territory of someone that you can pick up and see what happens. And he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. That's what he was best at at Notre Dame. So I wonder if they, they use him in that role and maybe he becomes 10 PPR point floor guy. Uh
0: would you drop Cam Akers for him? I don't, Cam you don't have Cam on the
2: Food. You can still stash him.
0: But he's sure. he might be activated this week. So in theory, it, it, it would you rather have Akers? if you're
2: not using Cam Akers, then sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're he's never fine. gonna play Cam Akers, just see take the take the chance on the upside play.
0: All right, zero to ten. Your level of interest in adding Odell Beckham.
2: It, it really comes down to how deep your bench is because if you only have a five-person bench, there's no way you can pick them up. If you have an eight-person bench, then there's a much more significant interest. Uh,
0: Elijah Moore, going to move into the slot maybe next week. Elijah Moore.
2: Um, on a side note, we had a very good interview with uh, Josina Anderson and Robert Sala on uh, CBS Sports HQ. If you could find that on YouTube, I would recommend it because he talked about that. That's where he first brought it up. Um Similar to Beckham. You know, if you have a deep bench, why not? See what happens. But he's probably better suited to play outside than he is to play in a slot. Hopefully, just opens up the targets.
3: I'd rather have Jalen Warren. I think I'd rather have Kyron Williams.
0: All right, we still have Donovan Peoples-Jones available in almost 60% of leagues. We got Jarvis Landry, 70% uh, available. Nico Collins. Traylon Burks, 26%. Christian
3: Watson, 12%. The rookie receivers are interesting. I I don't think you have to prioritize them though. And just to get ahead
0: of the game, remember the Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Buccaneers are on a bye. It is a bad quarterback week. So with that said, let's see some of the quarterbacks who are available. And I that's you might
2: want. I mean, there there's one that's interesting. Not guaranteed to play, but Carson Wentz is eligible to come off IR next week. They get the Texans.
3: Yeah, if if Heineke has a terrible game, they might go back to him. That would make some sense. Daniel Jones makes some sense. because He's He's too
0: rostered, though. He's 82%. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Never mind. That's what I was saying. I think people are buying into Daniel Jones against the Texans. The Texans have been a bad matchup for quarterbacks, for for what it's worth. Um, That's true. If in a shallower league, Russell Wilson's available, he gets the Raiders next week. Uh, He has a very good schedule going forward, just to begin with. I was going to recommend Mariota against the Bears, but you can't do that anymore. Heineke himself... You know, let's see who does Andy Dalton have next week. Dalton has the Rams. The Rams, no. Can
2: they please bench him already?
0: <laughs> um, so look, it's not—it's really not a bad idea to try to get a quarterback if you can. It might have to be Heineke if if Russell Wilson's not available. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of competition because Tua, Brady, Geno Smith, and who is the other team on by? Uh, and Trevor Lawrence—they're all. On by next week. You're going to have a lot of You're going to see
2: potentially, though, th- these are the type of things you want to look for if people drop them on Thursday or Friday, uh, Sunday morning. Stafford, if he doesn't play, may get dropped because people have to make a roster move. They get the Saints. That's a decent matchup. If Latimore's out. You mentioned Russell Wilson. Not everybody buying back into him. Um, the Patriots, DST, if they've been dropped, those type of things you want to look for. Yeah. They get the Jets. I know the Jets have looked better, but still Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick in Foxboro. Um, th- those type of things are, are the ones that you know help you win.
0: And the Patriots DST has been dropped. They're eighty five percent rostered. It's still very rostered, but uh, you know this reminds me a lot of the Eagles and the Cowboys DSTs. Who I have seven leagues on the Ravens CBS. Too. Yeah, yeah, I have seven leagues on CBS, and I and in in two of those leagues the Eagles got dropped for their bye and the Cowboys in two leagues. So. 85% rostered. No, they're not widely available, but worth checking certainly on the Patriots DST.
2: I think the thing that you know, just just advice for people moving forward when you get in these situations, wait until Saturday to drop these DSTs if you'd like to try and get a chance to get them back. Yeah, because if you do it before then, you're giving everybody a chance that has an open roster spot to get them. Like I have the Patriots, I'm I'm just waiting because I have to. I can't drop anybody else, so I'm just waiting until Saturday to drop them and then I'll take my chances trying to get them back.
0: Okay, let's do one question for each game, and we're going to start in Munich. Seattle at Tampa Bay. Starter sit Leonard Fournette, and now we're have a long discussion about the Bucks' offense. It's going to be the first game we do. Jamie's got Brady as the start of the week, but we didn't talk too much about Fournette. I don't think we talked about him at all yesterday. So starter sit Leonard Fournette against Seattle.
3: He's a reluctant start for me. He's he's in that same type of boxes. Montgomery and Najee, you're hoping he finds the end zone. You know he's going to play, hopefully, half the snaps for Tampa Bay. But it's, you don't feel good about it.
0: All right. Next game is Philadelphia at Washington. I'm going to give you three players. Jamie, who's your favorite flex? Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, or Devonte Smith?
2: Antonio Gibson. Followed by? followed by McLaurin, followed by Smith. Okay. Dave, how would you order them? Gibson,
0: McLaurin, Smith.
3: I would order them McLaurin. Um, I think I'd probably take my chances on the upside of Smith over Gibson.
0: All right. It's 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 pretty interesting. I mean, I feel like you know kind of what to do with your Eagles. Smith is always interesting, but... Great matchup for Antonio Gibson. And if the score gets out of hand, that might not be bad
2: either. You Love know, that for him. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think McKissick had like six catches in the first meeting, but that, of course, was with Carson Wentz. All right. Detroit and at no Chicago. Davis. No who? And no Jordan Davis. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Detroit at Chicago. Can we really trust any Bears players other than Justin Fields, Dave Richard?
3: Any who players? Bears players? Yeah. yeah. I, I think. The same thing I said about Fournette, you can say about Montgomery. I think Mooney is an okay number three receiver. I think Komet is probably at the top of the top as far as streaming tight ends go. He's been, they've been scheming him up a lot more in the last two weeks. So I don't mind recommending him, but that's it. That's all I like. No Claypool. But the only one you really like is Fields, I'm guessing, right? Oh, you have to start Justin
0: Fields. He's you- been playing so well. No, I, it, it was more of a. Do you do you like David Montgomery in this matchup or do you love David Montgomery?
3: Like. Okay. Uh, but that, it's like a it's like a uh, okay. <laughs> that kind of like. If you were giving him like, a valent- Let's go out for cheeseburgers, <laughs> but you're buying them from a guy on the side of the road. If you were giving him a Valentine's Day card, would it be one with like a a wrestler, it like would a be a Hogan. piece of paper that I folded in half and wrote Happy Valentine's Day, dude, inside.
0: Oh, okay. I remember I used to have the ones the at the time, WWF wrestlers, Happy Valentine's oh, classy. Day. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are good times. Dallas at Green Bay. If all four running backs play, who is the best running back of this game, Jamie?
2: If all four running backs play... Uh, Jones... Dave Jones, agreed. It's going to be a Packer
3: sandwich. I'm just not sure what's in between the buns. <laughs> okay, Arizona
0: at the Rams. Uh, we already talked about Cooper Cup. He's going to be a start no matter what, start or sit. James Connor.
2: I would sit him if you can.
3: I like Fournette better.
0: Uh, yep, Fournette or Connor. Also, Fournette, Jamie.
2: Fournette, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Houston at the Giants, do you start anyone in this game other than the running backs?
2: Um, I would not be surprised. You can't trust it if Brandon Cooks goes off in this game just based on the narrative. But no, can't trust it.
3: Darius Slayton is a great bi-week wide receiver, maybe an okay number three wide receiver.
0: I got a text message from our producer Zach Brooke, big Washington fan, who has reminded me, it is Washington at Philadelphia, not Philadelphia at Washington. Thank you, Zach. That is a Monday night game. And yeah, Philadelphia is at... Uh, no, Washington is at Philadelphia. I did it again. All right, Seattle <laughs> at Tampa Bay. Now, in order sure. to, What's that? It, it, well, sure. Seattle in Munich at Tampa Bay. Okay. Now, in order to make this show less than an hour and 30 minutes... Uh, remember the old Mike D'Antoni seven seconds or less. Sum up this game in seven words or less, Dave. Seattle at Tampa Bay. It's <laughs> not. Oh, I know say what it. this is all about. No, go no. ahead. No, you do what? Sum it up seven seven words or less. Should be a very good game. There, you go. that's all you have to say. Um. No, play your
3: music. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Those that. are my seven words or less.
0: Seattle, Tampa Bay, Jamie. Uh, if you you look at this game, uh, actually, I committed to being quicker today. I commit. I committed to getting into the games faster. So I'm not going to give I should all have the played stats. the song already. I'm not. This is not the game dun, of the week. Stop.
3: Dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. All right, Jamie. I'm going to give you the first word. I want to know how confident both of you are in Tom in Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin specifically. Um, I know he's the start of the week,
2: and Jamie, go for it. Very confident in Brady. Uh, very confident in Godwin. Very confident in Evans. Dave.
3: Less confident in Brady. Very not confident in Godwin. Very okay with with Mike Evans. Okay, so Jamie obviously is, is putting
0: putting his chips in. For, uh, for Tom Brady, Dave, how do you feel about Tom Brady?
3: I think he'll be okay. I've got him ranked as a top 10 quarterback this week. But how do you ignore what he's done over the last five games where there have been times where he's close and he should have had a monster fantasy game? Last week, tougher matchup. But this is still a tough matchup. But last week, tougher matchup. Barely moved the ball into the red zone. And he really looked, the whole offense looked anemic until the last two minutes of the game. I'm nervous that he's going to come through with another game of 18 to 21 fantasy points. Same old, same old for Brady. 300 yards, that's easy. Two touchdowns. I don't think he can do it. I think part of the problem is that he doesn't have enough downfield separators. He's got Evans, but he's made a bunch of mistakes. I don't think Godwin's running like he used to. Scotty Miller makes mistakes. Kate Otten's interesting. If he ends up playing, I, I like his chances, but if Cameron breaks back, Otten's off the field potentially for half the game. So... I just I, I can't buy into what Brady can be and what Jamie's vision for Brady is knowing what I've seen for the past few weeks and knowing that Seattle's defense what is it 21 or more fantasy points at two of the last three quarterbacks they've faced I think that's the snap. that's I think it's 21 and it's not bad but 20, you can 22 whatever it is but I feel like that's right around what you should expect from Brady
0: and yeah, yeah. and i sorry to, Her- Herbert to and Kyler going. were those two quarterbacks and Kyler had 60
3: rushing yards. Okay. And 22 fantasy points is going to get him into the top 10 quarterback this week. Yeah. And that's where I've got him ranked. All right, Jamie,
0: is it, what is it about Tom Brady that you're excited about? Is it, is it just the fact that he's Tom Brady and eventually he has to, he has to get better?
2: um yeah i mean look it's it's you you know you're getting a high volume of pass attempts at seven straight games with 40 plus attempts so you know you're getting that uh three of those games over 300 yards they've referenced that so i i think we'll see him get that um i think we might get 250 plus at the half he's 258 from breaking blake bortles record of most passing yards in international games um he's typically aware of those type of things so i would not be surprised if he comes out throwing early and has success mostly because they can't run the ball um But we said it time and time again. There's been a lack of multiple touchdowns. He has one game with multiple touchdowns. If he gets the second touchdown because he hasn't been turning the ball over, then he's going to have a relatively big game. If he somehow manages to get to three touchdowns, which, by the way, he's done in every international game he's played, then I think we're looking at a potential top three game for him this week. Now, will he do that against Seattle? It's hard to say. You know, we've made a lot of excuses. Last week it was Scotty Miller dropping an easy touchdown hit him in the hands, and then Kate Otten, if he gets a touchdown at the end. You know, So there, there, there is a play every week or a situation every week that has been taking him away from the second touchdown. So it's can that finally happen? I think that's the case. And I do think this is a game based on Seattle's secondary that you can beat them up a little bit from the inside out. Not to stay away from Mike Evans because I don't think that's ever going to happen, especially with the receiving core being what it is. But I do think this is a Chris Godwin game. By the way, both guys have been getting consistent double-digit targets. So at some point, all these guys are going to come together and have a good game. I do think it happens this week.
0: Okay. Um, this, I would say, I don't really know. I love advanced stats, but I don't know how useful they are, you know, but I don't know depends how depends on the stat. I don't know how useful conventional stats are when it comes to just predicting the future. But I think Chris Godwin might have the worst advanced stats of any player I've seen. There are 69 wide receivers that have run that have had 30, yeah, that have had 30 or more targets, 69 wide receivers with 30 or more targets. He has the lowest average route depth of all of those receivers. And actually, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if his catch rate were higher because some of the guys that are in the bottom five are like Rondell Moore, Amandra St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. You can get away with having a very low route depth. What's weird about Godwin is he has like a 64% catch rate. That is unbelievable. It should be well over 70% with the routes that he's running. I cannot tell you what's going on there. I I just know that the Godwin-Brady connection is, is just broken right now, and um, I, I don't really know what else to say. I've broken it down, but I hadn't seen that stat before. He, I knew he was running short routes. I didn't realize it was basically the shortest in the NFL of any wide receiver, and he's not catching enough of them. So that's, that's really
3: the big issue with Godwin, guys. I, I don't know. What, what do you make of that, Dave? Well, you see it in his receiving average. It's it's way lower. I believe it's way lower than it's ever been in his career and if right. it's not it's got to be close. But you you
0: can you can talk about touchdown regression for Godwin, but how yeah, about just just catch regression? How about just catch uh I think he does. How about just catch regression because he should be there is no reason why he shouldn't be catching 73, 74% of his passes. That would make a big difference, you know. Um but also the yak is just not there. I mean they're just uh, getting nothing after the catch, so
3: all right, we'll see. Hopefully I'm you can turn it around. Up. I want to see. I'd like to see how many red zone and end zone targets he's had this year. Actually I already. Have and I've of got notes. it. Seven red zone targets, zero end zone targets, zero. Yeah, but what about target. inside the 10? Like there's some Let's of see. those now. Let's see. Inside the 10, he has. Take a guess. Three. Jamie. It's zero, isn't it? I'll say zero. <laughs> It's four. Oh yeah! See, I knew it was not bad. Four inside the ten targets in seven games. What do you think it was last year? Uh, well, first of all, let's call it six games because he barely played against the Cowboys. That's just an
0: I don't know what was it this last. Was really speeding the
2: show up. By yeah, way. let's.
0: What was it last year? Eight. Okay,
2: so um... If we keep G- this going. We'll be on the air by the time the fifth <laughs> game kicks off.
0: Geno Smith or, T- or Tom Brady. We need to break down Brashad Perryman, guys. Uh, no, we needed need to break down their passing game. Gino Smith or Brady? You say Gino. Jamie? Yes,
2: uh, Brady. But both should be good.
0: Okay. Um. All right. Uh, Ken Walker must start. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette. And you said you'd start him over James Conner. Would you start Leonard Fournette or Miles Sanders?
3: Sanders? Sanders.
0: Even in PPR, Sanders has like one catch in his last three games. Super.
3: Sanders also has a lot of touchdowns and he plays on a better offense that can run the ball. And he's not being threatened for playing time by a spicy young rookie. Okay. So would you play Leonard Fournette or Khalil Herbert?
0: Fournette. Fournette. How about Montgomery?
2: Montgomery and on Fournette and
0: PPR. Back. Okay. Montgomery and non Fournette and PPR uh how about rashad white i mean would you start rashad white or like a, a broncos running back
2: i would start rashad white unless we get the injury news on the titans that it's that bad that simmons and dupree and cunningham are out then then i would go with uh a, a broncos guy but it's just it's so hard to figure out which broncos guy that's the problem so you know, you're hoping for murray to find the ends on that would be my yep. preferred one but at this point uh Rashad White, I, I'm very surprised that our projection, Sportsline has him projected for a very high number. So that's a little interesting that the model that Stephen O uses is, is spinning out that type of number. Um, we just have no indication that Leonard Fournette is getting benched. He's losing touches, but he's not getting benched. If Fournette was getting benched, Rashad White would be a must-start guy.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So he's more of a desperation flex.
0: Um, what about uh, God, or Lockett and Metcalf? Must-start guys?
2: Yes.
3: Yep. Lock it first.
2: Okay. And Noah Fant? It is a little, a little surprising that the NFL, their marketing, the two billboards that they're using are Tom Brady for the Bucks and Metcalf for the Seahawks.
0: Well, he's got, like, green hair sometimes, you know? I don't he know has what, two nose rings. That's a lot of nose. That's, that's two more than I have. Uh, all right, so Noah Fant, real quick. Any interest? Top twenty tight end. He's not playing the Cardinals. Uh no, only Kate, two games against the Cardinals. But Kate Otten has the best matchup in the world. And the Seahawks gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends. And Kate Otten has double digit PPR fantasy points in three of four games that he has played without Cameron Brate. So what's the deal with Cameron Brate and starters at Kate Otten?
2: Cameron Brate practiced in full. Um I was trying to find out. I'm assuming he made the trip to Munich they left this morning, um or late last night. And I'm guessing he was there because the only list I saw was the players who did not go, which Russell Gates is one of them, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, the question becomes is, does Cameron Brait replace Kate Otten as the primary pass-catching tight end? So he's going to lose snaps, Otten is, but has he done anything to lose the pass-catching role? I don't think so. Pete Prisco doesn't think so. We'll find out if the Bucs think so. But Brait was very uninspiring as a receiver. Kate Otten has been very good as a receiver. So why would you take that off the field if you're Tom Brady?
0: but what are we going to do? If, K- if Cameron Braid is playing, are we going to start Kate
2: Otten? So I originally started the week with Kate Otten as a top five tight end. Um, he's now uh, back and number one tight end. So if you are comfortable enough with him by comparison to Cole Komet, um, if you're comfortable enough with him by comparison to Greg Dolchitz, I would start Dolchitz, but I can see the, the, the debate either way. Um, if If we find out, and I'm going to reach out to the people I know that cover the box that are in this little pass catching role. Then all systems go. But if Brate's going to take him off the field, then you got to be worried.
0: All right. Next game: Washington to Philadelphia. Jamie, play the game. Sum sum this game up in seven words or less.
2: Start all Eagles. sit Curtis
0: <laughs> Okay. Start all Eagles. Does that include Devontae Smith?
2: Uh, number three receiver.
0: Okay. Um, all right, yeah, so let's let's talk about that because you know there are some big weeks left, right? But we're just getting very few pass attempts from Jalen Hurts. 25 to 28 pass attempts in four of his last five games, and Devontae Smith just does not do well when that is the case. Um, so earlier you guys debated Smith versus McLaurin. Well, you didn't really debate it, but you ranked them differently. I think, Dave, you like McLaurin better. Oh, I... My, maybe Jamie, you also no, like. you exactly Gibson. I like Gibson yeah, the bad. best.
2: My bad. I, I like Gibson, McLaurin, Smith. I think Dave likes the receivers over Gibson.
0: I do. Okay, okay. so you both like McLaurin over Smith. We do. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one because McLaurin had a great game against them. He Smith had a monster game. Yeah, Smith had an even better game.
2: He. But that was the uh, squeaky wheel game, though. For Devontae Smith, yeah. Well, should yeah. That this was be prior to that game was was Nick Sirianni talking about.
0: And McLaurin kind of took Darius Slade to school in that game, but he doesn't, like, that was surprising. Because last year he didn't do well against the Eagles. He's got a history of not doing great against great corners. So
2: what? I don't love McLaurin in this game, but I think at least you trust that if they're chasing points, the target's probably a little bit safer for him than they are for Smith. Because if the Eagles don't necessarily feature Smith early, and they're up big, it's probably minimal production coming his way.
0: Okay, let's do McLaurin. Would you start McLaurin or Deontay Johnson?
2: McLaurin. McLaurin. I'm not starting Deontay Johnson. All it's right. closing PPR, though, because the targets will be close. In
0: full PPR, would you start McLaurin or Rondell Moore if Kyler Murray plays? McLaurin. Rondell. McLaurin or Josh Palmer?
2: Palmer.
3: I believe I have Palmer ranked higher. All right. Defa- do, you want, do you want one more reason for optimism yeah. with McLaurin? His target share with Taylor Heineke is almost 30%. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's excellent. Um, all right, Devonte Smith or Darnell Mooney? Uh, Mooney.
3: I have Mooney one spot higher than Smith, but they're they're both in that boom bust high end number three receiver Gabe Davis range. Both ahead of Gabe Davis, by the way.
0: All right, and we know Goddard hurts. AJ Brown must start sitting. Logan Thomas probably trying to sit Curtis Samuel. And Heineke, so that brings us to Antonio Gibson, who, you know, I had a bad game, <laughs> but there's big opportunity here. What what's the updated stat with Jordan Davis off the field? The Eagles are allowing now 5.86 yards per carry to running backs. Unbelievably bad. All right, Jamie. So you guys have Gibson. 20th, I think Dave has him twenty seventh, is that right? Or is those are those old rankings? No, 24th. 21st for Jamie, 24th for Dave, and Heath has Gibson 19th. Um t- Jonathan Taylor or Antonio Gibson? Taylor.
2: Uh there's more upside with Taylor if he's Taylor.
0: Yeah, but Gibson, I mean, you can see a lot of upside, right? Huge. Yeah. So, so talk, talk to me about how you're approaching him.
2: Well, I think first off, they got to get back to throwing the ball. You know, last week was a little strange that they got away from that. But um, you know, the Eagles don't necessarily give up a lot of production to pass catching running backs, aside from what they did to McKissick earlier in this in this matchup. Um, he scored against them. Gibson did. He was more the primary running back at that point. But I think this the you know, again, when you play out game scripts, this is the game script that you like for him. Eagles up big, him chasing points. You know, we saw that two weeks ago when he had seven catches. Uh, you know, prior to that he had the first two games with Taylor Heineke, 10 catches and he scored two touchdowns through the air. So it's an opportunity against a, a run defense that's a little bit weaker and a and a game script that should be favorable. So um I think he can, you know, get to that 12 to 14 PPR point range without scoring and if he scores will be in a big he'll have a big production.
0: If Zeke plays are you starting Tony Pollard, Zekio Elliott or Antonio Gibson.
2: That's a good one. Um I would start Gibson probably over Pollard in PPR. Zeke over both.
0: Cowboys on Zeke catch over both.
2: Zeke over, Zeke would be number one for you? Zeke over Gibson and Pollard, yes.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. I can see that in non-PPR, but I think I'd I'd flip it in PPR. I'd probably go, I might go Gibson first in PPR. I don't want to say that he's going to totally suck. I think the floor is 10 PPR points. I think that's solid. Uh, 16% target share from Taylor Heineke this year. That's good. When he's actually on the field, his target per route run rate is almost one-third. Of Heineke's throws. That's really high. It's just a matter of how much Heineke will throw to him. It's 14 targets in three games. It's not bad. Um, it, 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 the game script really has to go Gibson's way. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then he's got a shot to be really good. I think he's going to be their main running back. I would expect him to play like 55, 60% of the snaps. He just has to be effective with the the touches that he gets half PPR, non, no, not PPR. Uh, I think he's easy to get away from. It's that full PPR where there's a chance he gets five catches and and forty yards. I, I think that's where it's, it gets a little sticky. Ten to twelve PPR points,
0: and you're going to want to try to get away from Brian Robinson. It just doesn't really feel like the game for him. Um, you know, no.
2: unless they're playing with the lead. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think that's going to happen. Right, but, but it could. And that's it. And Philadelphia's DST is top two. All right. Detroit at Chicago, your stat of the game. The Lions allow the most everything to everyone. They are awful. (laughs) Dave, can you give me seven words to describe this game? Oh, you might
3: play the music again, though. I haven't played. What are you talking about? Oh, here it comes. Now I know it's It's the game of the week. Yeah. Seven
0: words to describe it. Game of the week, yeah. Bad defenses. Detroit Chicago. Alright, Dave, you're on to my tricks. It's getting hard here. I might have to I might have to do this to Heath next week. Uh, but anyway, Detroit and Chicago is the game of the week. And I'm just
3: expecting a typical, you know, a good a lot of points, a lot of points, and probably a close game. So uh, It's gonna be a high scoring game. There's no defense on either (laughs) side. Jared Goff's going to get you 30 fantasy points. You have a knife Justin Fields, too. Yeah. You have a knife? Jared Goff? I do. Am I right about that? Yeah, Yeah, I love him. I like him better than Brady. When he's not pressured, he's fantastic. And it's even been that way recently. Uh, His last three touchdowns over the last two games, not that that's like a huge selling point, but it's when he's not pressured. The Bears traded Robert Gibson. They can't get pressure on anybody. They're going to have to dial up crazy blitzes. Maybe that works out for them, but I think St. Brown has a huge game. I think Jared Goff has a very nice game, and uh, I'm I'm trying to trade for him in a couple of leagues just to use him for this week. I'm excited about the potential of it being a high-scoring game.
0: And by the way, the whole seven words or less thing was really just a setup uh,
2: I know. Yeah. <laughs> I it. yeah, it was a bad segment. So, but the uh, thing that you screwed up with was, was you should have when you asked me the seven words or less, than when Dave started talking, you should have did it with the other game. Exactly. What
0: other game? Well, I mean, it could
2: have been this game. Well, but yeah, that's do, the thing.
0: The, I, I was saving it for this game. This is the game of right, the week. But you, you, but you, you were also up,
2: saving it for me. So you said was what you should have done was ask me seven words or less, like you did, was what you told me you were going to do, and then when you Dave, what is your thoughts? Then you should have played.
0: Yeah,
3: oh, like you gotta get more oh, that's a good that. idea. Yeah, that's I, what I thought your setup was
0: I should have I should have gone to you for for that. Yeah, that's a good idea.
3: Come on, man. You got to got to scheme it up. A little <laughs> oh, bit. that would have been
0: so much better. All right. What do we do with the Lions running backs, uh, which is a big question mark every week, Jamie? I
2: think they're going to run all over the Bears. Uh, so, you know, Jamal Williams just had a game where they won and he had 24 carries. And so. I'd be very surprised if it's not a 30-carry game unless they're just getting destroyed, which I can't see that happening either. So, you know, 30 carries is is well within the range of, of both Swift and, and Williams. Williams is the guy you have to trust at this point. You know, Swift is not a bad back-end RB2 flex play. You know, if you have both, I don't know if you want to play both, but um, I can see Goff being good. I don't see him to the same level Dave has it because I don't think without his weapons, he's going to be as fantastic if there's no Reynolds. Without Hawkinson, I just don't think he's going to get enough numbers just from uh, Amara St. Brown alone. So, you know, this is a running back game for me. I think it's Williams and Swift.
0: A running back has run for 80 or more yards in five of the last eight games, 94 more yards in four of the last eight games against the Bears. A running back scored 16 or more PPR fantasy points in seven of the last eight games against the Bears. So it's both teams just really struggle against the run. Well, who's the best running back in the game? Williams. Agreed. Uh, who's the second best? Montgomery.
3: Montgomery. Any uh any Wait, has, you gotta ask third best. Who's the third best? I think it's Swift.
0: Swift, yeah. Any hesitation on Amonra St. Brown, who actually has kind of similar similar stats to um to Chris Godwin, like very low route depth. And really, only mm-hmm. one game with a lot of yards. He's actually kind of been disappointing, other than that Washington game. But any hesitation at all with uh, with Amara St. Brown?
2: Nope. No, this is the perfect setup for him. Everybody's gone, and you know, bad defense. And so, you know, this should be a game where he's back to being a target hog. And if you're buying into Jared Goff having a big game, there's no way he's having a big game without Amara St. Brown playing.
1: Right.
0: I feel like he should get some end zone targets. Last week, it was the tight ends getting those touchdowns. I feel like St. Brown could could easily get those. And um, what it's it, a big game! You, for Their family. Oh yeah, we got this the St. Brown St. Brown matchup.
2: Yeah, remember it was uh, week one or two, they scored a touchdown within two yes. seconds of each other. It was very cool. Yeah.
0: Dave, you like Jared Goff? Do you like Khalif Raymond at all? He's had some big games, and Josh Reynolds not likely to
3: play. It seems. He's had at least nine PPR points in three of his past four, and he's had five catches. When did he have him? He had him in weeks. Um, I don't know. Early October, Dallas. a couple of games yeah. in early October. He's, he's kind of a big play guy, and they're running out of bodies. I think Jamie's point on that is fair, that they don't have Hawkinson. And they're not going to have Reynolds. So how do they stretch the field? I think they use a little bit more of Raymond in that regard. And they like, they've got a multiple, multi, hmm, multitude of like mediocre tight ends that they can just mix and match. Two of them scored last week. So I wonder if they get involved when they're in the red zone. I, I think DeAndre Swift gets involved in the passing game more this week. He looked good when he played, he just didn't play that much. Only 25% of the snaps in the first half, only two snaps in the second half. I think he gets a little bit more work. I kind of like him as a like borderline number two running back in full PPR. I think he matters. I think St. Brown gets a ton. And then I'm not starting any of the other guys, including Raymond, unless I'm desperate. But some of the, one of those guys will score, too.
0: For the Bears, Jamie, who are the quarterbacks you're starting ahead of Justin Fields?
2: Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Tua.
0: If Josh Allen plays, Fields or Allen?
2: I have not ranked right now with Josh Allen playing. He's behind those guys. Right, he's yep. right behind Fields.
3: Okay, uh, Montgomery. But if, if, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. If Josh Allen's arm was okay, he'd be ahead of fields, right?
2: Uh, if his arm was okay, but his arm is not okay. So
3: Correct. I'm just saying, if it were, you would. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, me too.
0: Montgomery is an RB2, even in this great matchup. He gets about 14 to 15 carries. And, every, and at least every 15 week.
3: touches, three straight games.
0: There have been four games this week, this year where the Lions have allowed multiple running backs to score double-digit PPR fantasy points, the Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, and Cowboys. So it gives you a little bit of hope for Khalil Herbert. But basically, he needs to have a big play to have a good game. Otherwise, there's a very low floor for Herbert. Uh, all right, Darnell Mooney. So Claypool didn't play much. Um, he only ran 16 routes, I think, last week. So that's just something to keep in mind.
2: But it's encouraging they got six targets on 16 routes. That is actually pretty
0: encouraging.
3: And uh all right he Mo- had a drop too, so he's he's right back in his Steelers form.
0: <laughs> Mooney. I'm gonna give you running backs. Mooney or Gibson? Gibson. Mooney. Mooney or
3: Connor? Mooney. Mm, that's closer.
2: You like Connor I- over Gibson?
3: Uh yeah, I do. I think I have Mooney higher than both those guys. Mooney or a running back in this game? In this very game. I'd go Jamal.
2: Uh, I would go Jamal. I would go Montgomery, and I would go Swift for upside over Mooney. Since the Bears mini-buy, this is their
3: last three games, Mooney's target share has been 27%. 11.7 Eleven per eleven point
2: seven yards per catch. Target share for this team is such a joke, though.
3: They're starting to throw a lot more than they did. I mean, in the first a season. little. More. times was
2: a season high target share in these situations is so stupid.
3: I know, but uh, two red zone targets. It is what it is. Two red zone targets, three end zone targets. Thirty percent of his catches have been explosive plays.
2: I like the thing that they did last week, though. So first game with Claypool and twenty attempts, and it was uh, eighteen of those went to Mooney, Komet, and Claypool.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
3: All right, Komet was that a third, a third, and a third?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't. I know they at least all had six. I don't know if there was one that had seven. I'm or one checking or one right one. now.
3: Mooney had eight, so eight, six, and Claypool had six, like you said. It's pretty good. Starting to get a little 20, concentrated. Twenty
0: targets though. between the three. All right, Cole Komet. Let's finish up on Cole Komet. You guys have him as a, a borderline start. Heath is lower on him. You'd start Dulcich over him. You would start. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Still Otten
2: over commit? I would start Otten over commit in PPR. I would start commit over Otten in non-PPR. And of He's course, a touchdown guy if now. Cameron
0: Bray doesn't play, then <laughs> it's easily Otten in any
2: format. Easily. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Gerald Everett or commit? Uh, Everett.
2: I would start Everett in PPR. I would start commit in non-PPR. It's funny because his three touchdowns the last two weeks more than Everett has all season.
0: <laughs> How about Robert Tunyon or Comet? Commit. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dallas is at Green
3: Bay. What is that? It's the start of the week or the game of the week. Game of the week for Dallas Green Bay? We need a start of the week. No, no, no. I was just singing it because we just got done talking about it. it. Okay. All
0: right. uh, Game of the week is over. Dallas at Green Bay is next. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in zero sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: Here is your Green Bay Stinks slash your stat of the game. The Packers have lost five in a row. They have not scored more than 22 points in any of those games. And Green Bay sees the fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL. And that, I think, is why Heath is so concerned about Dak Prescott. He doesn't throw much, and he's facing a team that is extremely slow-paced, doesn't score, sees the fewest fantasy points per, uh, sees fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL. <sighs> you guys like Dak more than Heath does. You have him like top seven, I think. Jamie, thoughts on Dak Prescott?
2: I think you'll get twenty seven to thirty pass attempts again. Um, not gonna be much more than that unless this game gets sideways, but it's hard to expect that to happen with how the Packers offense has looked. But I think you're still looking at the Cowboys. I'm viewing it as they're trying to get Dak Prescott back to being a top tier quarterback from the standpoint of to win in the playoffs, he's going to have to be probably in some situations where he's throwing and throwing a lot. Um, depending on who they face and how far they go. So I think they need to get get him in a little bit more of a rhythm. Is is enough of a rhythm 21 of 27 like we saw against the Bears? Maybe. But he also was efficient in that matchup. Um, I don't think he's going to necessarily be much better than than 250 and 2 because, again, the lack of of volume. So that's kind of why he's in the range where he is. Uh, And I, I don't think Heath has him that far from that. But I know Heath is sort of looking at the quarterback position this week as being bad across the board as 20 to 22 points being kind of a top six or seven guy, which is why he has Garoppolo where he does. It. So, you know, can can he get that third touchdown like he got against Chicago where he got 34 yards rushing and ran one in? That's going to be, I think, the difference between making him a potential top five quarterback and then a back-end top 10 guy. I don't see him falling completely on his face like he did in his first game back against Detroit. Um, but other side of it is, without Zeke there, do they give the entire backfield 30 carries? They're going to max out Tony Pollard probably about 16. I think that's where they want to live. So with the other guys there, are they gonna are they 16, gonna ramp yeah. it up enough, you know, and run the ball enough. Remember they got a defensive score against the Bears, you know, takes away a couple pass attempts too. Um, you know, yeah. from a drive. So, you know, he might have been at thirty. I think you just cap it at thirty and see what he does in terms of pass attempts per deck.
0: Yeah. Sixteen carries, by the way, would be a career high for Pollard. He's never had more than fourteen. And if he has sixteen carries, if Tony Pollard has sixteen carries, he will be a top blank running back this
2: week. Seven, six. I mean, it's hard to say those two more carries are going to, you know, well, dramatic. Well, right. if, I mean,
0: if he has fourteen carry, he doesn't usually get fourteen carries. But right, he
2: did last week with but Zeke, he did out. the one game without Zeke. So
0: right, I, I'm just saying he doesn't need that many carries against this run defense to be amazing. I, he, amazing, he's so good. Um, yeah, I just okay, I just wanted to throw that out there, but he's not gonna he's not gonna have a twenty carry game. You should know that it'd be a surprise for Tony Pollard based on the way their running yeah. backs
3: coach just talked about him. Jamie, did you mention the Packers' defense right now in the state of
2: Green Bay's D? I mean, you were listening, so no, I didn't. So Rashawn, Rashawn Gary's out. Uh, that's a big part of their pass rush, but he's also a big contributor to their run defense. And so, you know, Eric Stokes is also out. That could help as well, or he's banged up um, in their secondary. So we'll see.
0: He should be out. I, I actually haven't seen anything on him. but He was in no, a walking boot after last week's
2: game, but yeah, I, I would anticipate him not playing.
0: Yeah, and that's a big loss for them. He did not practice Wednesday. I didn't see a Thursday practice. Report on. Starting cornerback, Eric Stokes. Okay, so Dave, this game, by the way, just for everybody knows in the rankings, Dave and Jamie have Dak Prescott ahead of uh, Kyler, ahead of um, uh, Cousins. Galopolo. Ahead of everybody
3: except for Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Fields, and Geno. No, nah, that's me. Well, I don't
0: Jamie know has Jamie. Brady ahead of Gino, but not ahead of. No, sorry. Okay. Jamie has Prescott ahead of Gino, but not ahead yeah, of. Yeah, there's
2: more upside for Brady this week, if he hits.
0: All right, so uh, so no streamers over Dak for Dave and Jamie. Heath would disagree. This game is a headache, Dave, because we don't know about Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott. So, correct. You know what? What the hell? Not a
3: headache if you have Tony Pollard. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it could be if Zeke plays. I'm
0: starting him anyway. I mean, I, I would too. The, the only league I have him in, I don't really have a, another good option. But right. I, I still think I still think he could have a good game
3: here. You know,
2: I would be very surprised if Zeke plays based on what he said.
3: Yeah, they don't. Or he could play and only you know play 25 percent of the snaps and they do one of those easing them in type things. That might yeah, actually be the smartest thing for the Dallas to do. Not that Dallas does the smartest things with their football team, but that could be a very intelligent play for them.
0: Uh, okay, so what about the Packers guys? Like, what if Aaron Jones doesn't play? How much faith would you have in A.J. Dillon, who's having a pretty crummy year?
3: He's been crummy, but he would see 15 touches and would catapult into the top 24
2: running back for sure. He'd be better than Najee. He'd be better than Connor. He'd be better than Gibson in mm-hmm. non PPR. He'd be better than. Yeah, that's a tough yeah, one. Similar range for Montgomery. Um, hmm. You know, so right around 20.
0: Okay. Because there'd be a time where you would say, oh, he'd be top 10, but he just, he's just not producing.
2: No, and this run defense is good.
0: Um, wide really receiver. whole defense is great. Is it just Lamb and Lazard? Yes. Yeah. If I, if I could nitpick, I I think the Cowboys' run defense is is their weakness. Like it's not really for sure by comparison. Yeah, yeah, right. It you know it, it seems kind of like an average run defense. Um, and how much faith do you have in Lamb and Lazard? Because Lamb has like seven targets in each of his last two games, and he's you know doing a lot with them. But and there's that, and then there's Lazard going up a tough against a tough matchup.
2: He's, he's not lived up to the expectations of being a top five or six receiver Lamb has because the volume has not been there. And obviously Dak missing all that time didn't help. But I still think you're starting him. He's a number two receiver. And Lazard is the same thing. You know, at, at some point, Lazard's not going to score. And then you got to just worry that is his numbers overall enough to carry him? I think it's, it's worth trusting. But this is the only guy Aaron Rodgers can rely on at this point. And so it could be garbage time. It could be, you know, score early and, and, and keeps him in the game. He's he's had success against some pretty good defenses already this season, so I'm not getting away from Alan Zark.
0: Yep. Seventy six yards and a touchdown against the Jets, hundred and sixteen yards against the Patriots. And I'm not sure about the Cowboys pass defense right now because they lost that starting cornerback. Sorry, what was his name? Jordan what was his
2: name. Yeah, uh the Detroit game. I know he was yeah.
0: Jordan Lewis. Yeah, a couple weeks ago they lost him and they were awful against the Bears. And the week before that, I think they were a little shaky
2: too. Oh no, that was That was the game that got hurt against Detroit.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, they were off against the Bears, and they, uh know, Raymond at 75, I don't know, maybe I'm missing
2: something. The thing the thing about the Cowboys is, and, and this is where they get in trouble sometimes, it's what makes them a great player also, is when Javon Diggs gambles. And so if he gambles and he misses, yeah, you know, there's a lot of busts in their secondary. And so that's where, you know, you hope Lazard can make a player to. Uh,
0: you know, I'm going to rescind what I said. It was a bad game against the Bears. That's pretty much all it was. They obviously are a terrific defense. Uh, Robert Tunyon, or Cole Komet?
3: You already asked. Us I that. did
0: ask. You said commit, right? Yeah, we committed to commit. Committed. All right, Tua just stinks. Typically, one game with more than thirty-seven yards. Start the Cowboys
2: DST. Arizona's at the Rams. Your stat of the game. Can you imagine we we just went through a whole Cowboys Packers game and didn't even discuss Aaron Rodgers. That's how. Oh far my God! Went. I should have discussed Aaron Rodgers. I'm yeah, sorry. there's nothing to discuss. You're just not starting.
0: <laughs> By the way, those two teams, Cowboys and Packers, have the the best pass rush best pre- best pressure rates in football but not we'll anymore uh, we'll see with the packers now not anymore no. Arizona at the Rams okay the cardinals give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends 60 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in 7 of 9 games does it matter for Tyler Higbee
2: no he played well enough against them the first time around. You know, something's got to change with his Rams offense, and, and it makes a lot of sense to get him going a little bit because it's a safety valve. Certainly, I think if John Walford plays, it's probably a little bit of a better option for him because, you know, Stafford may challenge down the field a little bit more, especially if the secondary is that beat up the Cardinals. But um, it's such a good matchup. You know, uh, I had an interesting situation in one of our leagues where uh, it seems like there's a little bit of a glitch that I put in for, and it, it, it's funny because it involves Tom Schaefer. It's our salary cap league. So I ran out of fab budget because I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to uh, see if I can get back in the playoff hunt, And I put in for Komet for a dollar bid, but my fab expired prior to getting to Komet. So like the two moves that I previously made. So because I put in for a dollar bid for Komet, it negated it and said I could not pick him up instead of just getting for a zero dollar bid. The next day, Schaefer went in and picked him up as a free agent. So mm-hmm. my only tight end, and compared to the guys on waivers, is, is Higby. And so it's a weird situation like you, should, you would think like i have zero bit zero dollars right you should just give it to me for a zero dollar bit but it just didn't do that so i would have preferred commit over higby but i just look at the matchup and I was, i'll take my chances you know just hope that higby gets back on track a little bit and if there was, if he's playing anybody else no way but the fact that the cardinals are so bad against tight ends it's just absolutely but like look what they just did for Noah Fant they just I know. thought Noah Fant to go for seven catches and 96 yards that's amazing Mm-hmm. So Higby is such an easy option to work into this game and get Stafford or Walford or Adam Azer easy targets and easy chances, whoever the quarterback may be there. it's. It, I hope he comes through.
0: If we expect Kyler Murray to play, you guys don't have him ranked, I think, as you normally would. He has terrible history against the Rams and, and a, potentially a hamstring injury, which would slow him down in theory, Dave. So how do you feel about
3: Kyler Murray? I don't like it when he's hurt. We've seen it before that when he plays with an injury, he's nowhere near as effective And it happens to be against the L.A. Rams, who are pretty good defensively. And you already mentioned the offensive line issues. So he's not going to have time to throw. And when he moves, he might not be quite as nimble as he's been before. So if if he's relying on a ball-out-quick mentality this week, it's going to be an inefficient game. Doesn't have a great track record of getting a lot of touchdowns. I think he can get you one. And it might, unless like there's a fluky play, something like that, a missed tackle then it's going to be more than one. But I have a hard time trusting him. Uh, I'm starting Jared Goff over Kyler Murray this week. Garoppolo? I believe I have Garoppolo ranked ahead of Kyler. Russ? I'm not there with Russ. And yep. I certainly will have a harder time being there with Russ if Jeffrey Simmons is out. and that. Although maybe, maybe they, he has an efficient game. I don't know. I, I just have a tough time with Russell Wilson.
0: Uh, Jamie, the Arizona running backs, obviously not, you know, Benjamin, but James Conner. <laughs> Role-wise, there's a lot to like about Conner. Production-wise, there is not. Um, how do you feel about him this week?
2: Would not be starting James Conner if you can. I mean, one touchdown on the season. You know, granted, he missed three games with a rib injury, but he just not run well. Like you mentioned, no Rodney Hudson, no Justin Pugh, no Will Hernandez. You know, the interior of the offensive line is just a disaster, potentially. So, I don't know. I mean, Connor will hopefully get five catches again. Will he do anything with it? That's hard to say. He just hasn't done much with it to begin with. So, non PPR, I think it's an easy fade. Uh, half PPR, maybe. Full PPR, he's a borderline starter, but uh, give me Antonio Gibson by a mile over him. Uh, give me Montgomery over him. Give me, uh, I'll still play Najee over him and Fournette over him. Um, I just can't trust it.
0: Okay. DeAndre Hopkins, we talked about earlier. He's a must start if Kyler plays. He's Borderline number one receiver. Kyler doesn't play, so you're going to start DeAndre Hopkins. Rondale Moore. Starter sit Rondell Moore, Dave.
3: I even like him better if Kyler plays and isn't 100% and isn't going to run and, like I suggested, gets the ball out quickly because that's a good short area target. We've seen it from him for two years now where he's not running that far downfield. Last year, he was barely running that far downfield. This year, at least, he's running a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, Flex. Definitely a good flex in PPR. Yeah, the Rams are 22nd for
2: me in PPR. Uh, last time these two teams met, he didn't play. And Greg Dorse got 10 targets in this game. So, you know, this is an opportunity and, and an area to exploit for this Rams defense.
0: Yeah, the Rams are 22nd against wide receivers. They've gotten better. They were really bad in week one against the Bills. They've gotten better throughout the year, That's but the they're not, you know, they're not the worst. Um, and then Zach Ertz, you know, this this Rams team, they've they've allowed a tight end to score a touchdown in two straight games. That's only three touchdowns in their last 19 games. So that's <laughs> it's rare. Um, we've talked about a lot of, you know, Dulcich. Dulcich, Komet, Otten, how many of them are ahead of Ertz?
3: For me, one, Dulcich.
2: Yeah, just Dulcich, but I I, I don't think this is a great situation. Now, the flip side of that is Cole McCoy obviously loves <laughs> Zach Ertz. Um, in, in the game they played together last year, I think it was one. Uh, it was against Seattle. We know they're bad against tight ends. I mean, that was a almost a historic game for Zach Ertz. So oh, was it? It was like nine for eighty-eight. It was just, you know, he just I think eleven targets in that game. Um, and yeah. two touchdowns. Uh it was it was fantastic. But again, Seattle, Ertz usually beats up on Seattle. Most tight ends beat up on Seattle. So just keep that in mind. But I do think that, you know, McCoy won't be bad for Ertz, as much so as maybe Kyler is, knowing that he's so in love with Hopkins and, and seemingly falling in love with Rondell Moore.
0: Yeah, good stat for Ertz is that he has the third most targets in the NFL from the 10-yard line or closer. Only Justin Jefferson and Allen Robinson have more. And in the last three games with DeAndre Hopkins back, he still has three targets from that range, 10 yards out or closer, and that's second in the NFL behind Austin Eckler. So, yes, the targets have definitely come down, but he's still an end zone option for uh, for Kyler. On the Rams side of the ball, if Stafford plays, start or Sit. Sit. Are all those guys out for the Cardinals? It's, it's a good question to ask.
3: Who has been ruled out? Um, I don't know on
2: Murphy. He's I a, I would put I Stafford in the same range as Jared Goff this week, low end number in, one guy.
3: Your your Jared Goff range, since I'm anointing him the next yep. Phil Simms. Uh, <laughs> Phil, I I can't trust him. I don't trust that offensive line. I I
2: just I worry about turnovers with Stafford. I'd rather start Russell Wilson. You go back to that game. You reference all the time, Adam. He should have had a huge game against yeah. Cardinals.
0: He he really was great against them. If Cup catches that touchdown, it's like it's nineteen of twenty five for almost three hundred yards and a score at the Cardinals. Um, we're not starting a Rams running back, right? And we're not starting anyone other than Cooper Cup. And we already talked about Tyler Higby. And which DST do you prefer?
2: Who's playing quarterback? Um, Walford, Walford and, and Kyler. Yeah. If it's Walford and Kyler, I would go Cardinals over Rams. If it's Stafford and Kyler, I would go Rams over Cardinals. If Cardinals are 2,700 on DraftKings. What if it's
0: That's Walford amazing. and. Uh, Easy start. What if it's and Walford McCoy? And then and don't. Anyway?
2: I think the Steelers are 2,800. I would much prefer the Steelers. All right, whatever. Yeah, I'm saving the 100 bucks.
0: Houston at the Giants. Stat of the game. These two teams are both top five in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers.
2: Don't know that. Well, I- then. I-, I don't really. Get buy away it. from all these guys.
0: I don't buy it with the Giants. I, I might buy it more with the. With the Texans, but... Well, I mean, McKinney's now out, too, so... Exactly. That's a huge deal. Um, But, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Because we know we're starting the running backs. We know we're sitting mills. The fact that Jones' is 82% roster tells me that people are considering starting him. Would you guys start Daniel Jones?
2: If, if you were to tell me right now he's going to run, because when he's run, he's been great. So, in the three games that he has... Uh, great, great for him. Uh, in the three games where he has 67 or or more yards on the ground, he's over 20 fantasy points per game. But he's only done that three times. So, you know, it's a matter of why they got away from that Seattle, I have no idea. You know, I don't know if it was by design or, or, you know, Seattle just kept him in I, the I pocket. I think Seattle did a,
0: did a great job. Seattle yes, schemed right. against it. So a great So
2: if if the Texans do something similar and he doesn't get out of the pocket and make plays with his legs, then he's screwed. He's not he's not helping you with his arm. But if he runs, then he'll you'll be very pleased that you start him.
3: Which of these teams is coming off of a buy? Um,
2: well, one's off a bye, one's off a mini bye. The Giants.
3: Yeah, they're both off long weeks. And which is the team that has the stud running back that everybody's back in love with? Both now? of them. They both do. Well, but come on, the one that's really studly. They both do. And which team <laughs> is number one in rushing yards allowed per game? Yeah. yeah, they're both pretty close. <laughs> I get it, but where are you going with this? No, so you're saying one, sit Daniel? I'm Jones. saying the Giants are going to load up and ride Saquon Barkley to a victory, and it's going to make Daniel Jones' numbers look small. Yeah. I think Saquon has a monster game, duh. And I just I don't want to trust Daniel Jones very much.
0: That is part of the reason why the Texans are good against wide receivers and quarterbacks is they just right. get run on it's all no the time. One um. Okay, so uh, any any wide receivers that you're interested in? And who's your highest-ranked receiver in this game?
3: For me, it's Slayton. Not that interested in him. He's a low-end number three wide receiver at the best.
2: I would not be surprised if Cooks has a big game, but I can't trust it, so I would trust Cooks over Slayton. I
3: okay. would start Brandon Cooks over Khalif Raymond, Allen Robinson, Alec Pierce, Uh, Jawan Jennings. Yes. Giants, that's how I feel about Brandon. You have ranked as a starter.
0: This is a great matchup. And that is it for today's show. All right, we'll talk to you on the mailbag for Dave and Jamie and Zach. I'm Adam. See you later, everybody.